What's going on, ladies and gents? Welcome to episode 23 of the Fuel for Football podcast. I am your host, Sanchez Bailey. Caveman SB is back, which is why the hat is on. Quarantine life, you feel me? <laughs> um, today's going to be a very important episode. I think it's going to touch a few. It's something that I have uh, addressed a number of times with some of the clubs that I've worked with. It's a bad habit in football. Um, I think the reason why I'm addressing it today and why I have addressed it in time is because I feel like it affects results. Um, and can unnecessarily affect results, you know. So it's a bad habit that a lot of players do adopt. Um, one of the beautiful things that I have seen is that it has been improving in the game. So I've been making notes for a few years on this now. And as as the emergence of sports psychologists at clubs is, is growing and, and people that are influencing the mindset of footballers positively, you're seeing it uh, reduce. And I'm sure that that is something that's being pushed and um, at the same time, it's not being pushed enough because I've made so many notes from it. It's still the, the highest level of the game, you know. And um, today's topic, as I just kind of give you a bit of a background um, preface, so to speak, like it's based on emotion, you know. So this topic that we're going to speak on is you being able to identify um, your emotion, being able to control it and, and reframe it, essentially. And that's what we're going to be doing today. So I might entitle this bad habit, um, unless I get something else that I say that could be quite catchy um, today. And that's on your body language. And there's so many ways we can speak about this. You know, um, I'm going to give you a, a, a way off example, but I remember watching the Barcelona versus PSG game many years ago, uh, Champions League, right? And Barcelona, I think, you know, PSG was winning 4-0. I remember that day, I watched the body language of the PSG players and I said it in my WhatsApp group, they're not going to win, <laughs> they're going out, you know, because of how tense they looked, you know, how nervous they looked and I wouldn't say a lack of confidence because I'm sure they'll be confident you're winning 4-0 but the tense aspect and I guess when the first goal goes in, that only sparks and, and fuels and almost like heightens that that tense feeling that they had before they even played the game and when the second one goes in you know the pressure is immense and it takes great like mental skill to to um be able to kind of suppress those nerves and still play you know so um body language is very key body language can affect how you perform um it could also be a, a feeling that you kind of deposit within yourself and when things trigger that uh, deposit so to speak it could be a bit catastrophic so it's something I want to speak to today and I've got an example that I'm actually going to show during the podcast episode and I'm using this a few years um, I'm referencing a few years ago because I believe this player has changed since then and you you will see that and once I you know identify him and identify the scenario it's going to be tough because I'm going to say it and then put the video in after but you you should be able to see that this kind of body language is eradicated from his game and this is Raheem Sterling and so I've got a game for you I believe it was 2017 Burnley versus Manchester City Manchester City had a plethora of chances like serious I'm talking about in the 20s right they were all over Burnley however they only scored one goal so it was 1-0, you know, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, 
But I think at that time, Burnley was a bit of a, a bogey team for Manchester City. So a 1-0 lead away from home is not secure enough. You know, especially at that time when Manchester City's defence was a bit questionable. I think this is early Pep Reign as well. So, you know, um, they wanted to get another goal, but they're taking chances, 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 and it's not going in. There's a particular chance, though. I can't remember when exactly this was. Let me see if I can find out. It was probably around the 80th minute, 85th minute, very late in the game. There's a guilt edge chance. I think uh, Kyle Walker puts in the ball for Raheem Sterling. Almost for his typical, uh, what do you call that FIFA goal? Like a jammy goal, like crossed in. But I'm not saying it was a jammy goal, but I'm trying to paint the picture for you. So he crosses it in, almost one-on-one, facing goal, and he draws it wide, right? And sometimes it happens, right, in football. Uh, those chances happen to the best of players. And so Raheem Sterling, considering the context of it being Burnley, it being late in the game, he wanted to to seal the game. I don't know what his goal-scoring record was like then. I think that was one of his best uh, seasons. Um, he drops to the floor, slams the floor. Like, you would have thought that he... Like, something really dramatic happened, right? And this is with fans in there as well. So, could you imagine what uh, Turf Moor was like when they missed that chance? Manchester City, it's 1-0. they got five minutes left, you know. Um, could you imagine how that would feel? Before I even go into it myself and take a real deep psychoanalysis is, could you imagine how the Burnley players would feel that they missed that guilt edge chance and there could be a potential that they could do something about that and, and rescue the game? Many players themselves would have thought that Raheem Sterling would have scored. So what kind of relief would that have given Burnley? But then for Raheem Sterling to react the way that he did, think about how that would galvanise the Burnley players, you know, for them to know that they are a bit of a bogey team to Man City and they probably wanted that goal and for them to know that they didn't get it and how it affected one of their biggest players on the team. And so I say that to say that our body language, we need to be more conscious of our body language because this can also affect the opposition. You know, we're playing in a team sport where you want to minimise any um, opportunities for the opposition to rise. And that moment there, Raheem Sterling's body language encouraged the Burnley players and was able to galvanise them, right? Um, actually, they scored in that game. They scored in the 90th minute, I think 92nd minute. I can't remember who scored at the time. But I remember watching this like live at the time and I had to scribble this down and I'm probably going to use this example forever. But, you know, um, it galvanised Burnley to actually score a goal, you know, and, and they drew the game. Manchester City drew 1-1 with Burnley. And I'm not going to say it's all Raheem Sterling's fault, but possibly and most likely without reacting that way, some of those players wouldn't have been so uh, galvanised or potentially um, it could have, I'm saying this too soon, but it could have encouraged if Raheem Sterling didn't respond such a way, right? Or with him responding that way, sorry, um, there's so much I want to say about this, that the players in the team may have been a bit dejected. They may have felt it was their last chance, you know. So Sterling responding like that, one of their main goal scorers, for him to respond like that, what does that kind of say to the rest of the team? You know, how much pressure does it incite on the players to know that that might have been their last chance? 
you know. So if he didn't respond like that, maybe Manchester City's players might have felt, okay, we got another chance here. We can do this again, you know. Um, it may have made Burnley feel like, okay, we need to hold out for a few more minutes because they're on it right now. So in this instance, a public display of your disappointment and your disapproval of that chance being made can have a number of effects on not only yourself, but so many other people. So let's just think about Raheem Sterling's situation right there. It has an effect on the fans. So the fans can also be like, you know, the 12th man at times. And so that would then encourage the you know, the fans to support the team because there's another opportunity for them to to um, to maybe chase the game, you know. So that's one element that you do want to consider, that your body language can actually lead to your, become your disadvantage, essentially. Another factor is, is that it adds to pressure for your next opportunity. For you to, to almost slam yourself and damn yourself for missing that opportunity, it, it almost incites more pressure because if you do miss again, what what's that reaction going to be like? What are you? What kind of um, attention are you bringing to yourself? You know, so it adds a bit more pressure to you. It puts pressure to the team as well because um, now that you've you know you've missed that opportunity, you've reacted the way that you did. You may you know put some pressure on the team to to continue performing that way it may actually deject your players as well to think that it could be the last chance. So, you know, and then lastly, <laughs> it encourages the opposition. For them to see how you reacted, it has a, a long spring effect on, on the game. And that's why it's going to be very important for you to be wary and aware of what you do on the pitch and how your body language can not just only be something that you could do loosely, but the, the larger effect that it can have on the game in the team sport when you do react like that though what kind of things do you think you know you think it's almost like firstly sometimes it's a public display of your disappointment so you know let's just say you're a striker that has high standards you're a good striker and everyone knows that and you know it's, it's well known for you to react in a way like that it almost is a display of a public display to show everybody look this ain't my standard this is below my standard. I should have scored that. And in some way, it protects your ego. And and that's not healthy for you. Because, you know, this is not something that should be considered during a game. You're protecting your ego to show the crowd, to show whoever that that was below your standard. You know, and so that's that's some of the reasons why. And, and that's not necessarily a conscious reason. Some of it could be a subconscious reason as to why many players react that way to show others that is below their standard to protect their ego. Another reason would be is because they feel like it was a big chance, you know, and you know, a big big chances don't come so frequently within the game. So you reacting like that is you damning the opportunity that you didn't take and could make you feel very regretful about that. Which then has a spring effect as well because if you kind of damn the chance that you've just made, how does that affect your next few seconds? I made a note of a game and unfortunately I was searching for it to try and get the, the clips from it, but I couldn't find it. But um, I remember James Ward-Prowse now against Norwich during the project restart in June. He took a shot on goal, um, not too far out, just on the edge of the box. But there was not many players around in, in terms of defenders. He took a shot. Um, it wasn't the cleanest shot that he would take for his standards. As we know, he's a very technical player. The keeper saved it and parried it. 
But when he shot and he had a dodgy connection to the shot, he actually kind of threw his heads up in, you know, hands in his face. Um, and if he actually followed through on the shot, there's a chance he might have actually caught the keeper um, parry and then might have got onto the, the deflection from the keeper or the, the parry, you know. And so body language can actually also then affect your next your next moves and the next phase of the play or the next opportunity that you may have. And so that's another thing to be wary of, that your body language could affect the next few decisions that you make. It could affect the next few instances and a few seconds, especially in a late game like Raheem Sterling cases, are vital. It could have affected his next press. It could have affected his, his positioning, you know, his, his movement or even his ability to take another chance because he thought that he ruined it. So that's another factor that needs to be considered in terms of when we respond like that, what it actually um, implicates, but also what is really going through our mind. There's not one positive thing that I've said when we're exploring what actually goes in your mind when you say something like that. But if we break down like the science between that opportunity, let's just say Sterling now, um, Manchester City have had a plethora of chances. You know, they've had 20 plus chances in the game. They have one chance there. Yes, somewhat guilt edge. But when you really think about it, they had a chance. There's still about five minutes to go in the game. They could create another chance, right? The same way they've been doing it all game, they could probably get one more in if they keep doing what they're doing. With Raheem Sterling's case, he got in a goal-scoring position. So he's getting into the positions. You know, it's not always a luxury for some players that where you're not getting into the positions. He got in the positions. He actually got a connection of the shot. He, he was unmarked. So that is an encouraging factor that he's actually getting in those goal-scoring opportunities and there's time left. So instead of having that thought where you missed a, a gaping chance, instead of you thinking that, you know, um, it's below your standard, the, the alternative perspective is, is to look at actually you creating an opportunity and that's happened and you create so much in a match and there's time to do another one, you know, and you can trust your ability to try and uh, manufacture that, you know, and by kind of responding in, in, a, in a more uh, constructive way and a more practical way, rather than reflecting on the past, you can do that after the game and analyze. But instead of doing that then and, and making a public outward display that leads to all the effects that we discussed before, it could be a bit more practical. You just focusing on the opportunity that can follow and, you know, that, that may galvanize your team and your team rather than the, the opposition. But what's going to be important for you is to you for you to actually reflect and identify the type of reactions that you do make. You have to have a self-examination. Not everybody's going to slam on the floor like Sterling did. And he doesn't do that no more, which is great. But what do you do? Um, what kind of body language do you show that could potentially galvanise the opposition, potentially disrupt you for the next few minutes when you might have missed pace or pass or a goal kick that just literally goes into the stand what kind of reactions do you do right how do you then respond to that the solution for this would be for you to to identify now some instant reactions that you might want to do it could be just even a simple clap of the hands and you just get in position it could be you just saying a saying a quick phrase to yourself such as let's do it next time i'll go again Something that means something to you and that sounds like you, you know. Um, it could be just literally you just being like, oh, damn. Or even Raheem, Sterling case, um, Raheem Sterling's case, 
He literally just has a poker face nowadays. He might actually be thinking something, but he's not showing that outwardly. You know, and that would give the, um, the opposition less chances of being galvanised and spirited, and the fans as well. Um, maybe they will still support, but maybe it might be less intense and less dramatic because of the scenes that's just happened. And so there, there are some ways that you can respond to this. You could even just speak to yourself, you know, OK, next time side foot or next time uh, left foot or whatever the situation you know um but the most important thing in this is for whatever you say or whatever you do it shouldn't be completely outwardly um you could develop a subtle reaction as i said as a clapping of the hand but it should really be focused on the present what you can do now forget what happened it's, it's the past now you can't reflect on that the past is only for analysis now you have to be focusing on what you can do now. Um, maybe it could be, okay, cool, shape, position. You know, whatever you need to do to get yourself ready for the next phase of play, right? Those command words could be very important for you. So it could be literally check my shoulder. Okay, cool, press, whatever it means to you. And that's going to be a way where we can slowly get rid of that bad habit. But step one is for you to identify what you currently do. And then you want to identify... Um, some alternative displays and then start implementing them and it probably starts in training because there's going to be a lot of mistakes that happen in training right which is fine there's going to be mistakes that happen in games and hopefully by practicing it and developing this habit when you get into a game scenario your responses your body language does not become a detriment to the team but it could actually become an empowering factor all right and um i hope that really resonates with yourselves and you're able to identify if you do display this bad habit it's a habit that that could literally affect um results in a season you know and um pass this on because you're in a team setting there could be players in your team that display this and it's not going to be healthy for the team you know so you want to make sure that this is something that teammates are aware of so that everybody could be working um, in accordance and showing a positive body language that can empower your team all right hope that adds value to everybody um and yes by all means let me just say raheem sterling has improved on that and if we're using him as an example today let's use him as an example to learn and to change too all right all the best guys and i'll be with you next week